1: Welcome once again to a Came From The Radio, the after show of The Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. I have none other than d with Jenner G's Jenny Feldy. Yo, 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 what's good, fam? I have our very own senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino.
2: Hello, fun seekers.
1: And um, Pronto Comics' very own, our very own Pronto Comics' Dominic Definition Toronto.:
3: Hello, everybody.
1: <laughs> so on this week's show, we have another Jay Burnley segment. We have, if I'm not mistaken, two more interviews from the B Legendary Art Show, and um, we have a a news extended news segment about a, a super awesome comedian, Norm mcdonald So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating 25 years of comic book and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And news is brought to you also in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And I also want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, unjikon Shadow Rabbit Art, The Hurrican, which is coming back this year, and Yasmin and Ray. You want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.itcamefromradio.com, and there's a button that says uh, join us on Patreon. You can click on that, and that's even faster than going to patreon.com. And also, on our website, we have a Bias a pizza link, so you can click on that, and you can get us a virtual pizza. Now, one of the things we do is that if anybody does buy us a virtual pizza, they can leave a comment. And we actually have a person who bought uh, us a virtual pizza and has a comment. So there's a Renato oh. Renato, Claret Tranquilino. I know oh. I'm saying that wrong. That's what he oh, my I God. Him. But he says 46th um, episode. Well, I'm guessing he's talking about the live show. Was thought provoking and funny. So if you want to have your own little uh, comment right on the air. You can buy us a virtual pizza. Oh, so I've always liked it. 46,
3: 46 was the one we did in July.
1: 46 live show? Uh, maybe. I think. Maybe. I, I think it was because with the just comedian. The 48th, right? I think it we at the, met
4: the one with the comedian.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. That was uh, I believe. Lou. That was Lou. Yes. I believe. Yeah.
4: Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um,
3: Really, uh, we only have one. I always um, like it when we we, we provoke thoughts.
1: <laughs> That's so, what I do. So, really, we only have one one bit of news because uh, this is a this is a big one for me. Um, sad news, as we always start off with sad news, and this is the only bit of news we have for the for this week's show. Um, Norm Macdonald, comedian, legendary so comedian, we should, actor. we should
3: warn people how depressing this is going to be.
1: It's going to be super depressing.
4: <laughs> well, we could do it like you know Mexicans like, do, and just celebrate it.
1: You know, it's, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that, but let me, let me say this first now. And I'll hit that point with you, uh, Jen. Um, uh, Legendary actor. Well, legendary comedian, wasn't legendary actor, legendary comedian and actor and a writer. Norm MacDonald died recently uh, from cancer um, this week. Um, He actually was recorded on saying that when, (laughs) when he dies, there's this plenty of YouTube videos out there. So he said, when he dies, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we want to have a party and be all happy and carefree. He goes, I don't want any of that. I don't want people to be sad. You can be happy some other day. But I don't want you to be sad because <laughs> I die. Right.
3: Huh, I could hear him say, I can hear him saying that.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, when I die, I uh, just, uh, <laughs> I want you to be sad. I don't want you to be happy I'm
5: dead.
1: I'm dead. <laughs> you should be sad. He, um, I, I, I think for my part of uh, talking about Norm MacDonald, it's more about my relation with him and his career than actually him. So um, I think I'll throw it to you guys first. Do you have any uh, thoughts or um, insights on Norm MacDonald?
4: I like that he said a lot of things that were inappropriate or deemed inappropriate, and it seems like he pretty much got away with it. Now, that's uh, hashtag goals.
1: Um uh, he actually did get in trouble for a couple of things, but he did manage he did. to survive. I think that's right. the term he survived
4: um yeah right, like he got kicked out <laughs> of weekend weekend update and possibly due to too much o j talk yeah, that's pretty major
1: yes and, yeah um, so,
4: so yeah
1: recently uh well, not recently, but I know he got in a little trouble with and he was defending roseanne and um oh. I think he got in trouble uh, talking about cosby uh, hmm. but like I said, nothing really really stuck oh, and then he uh, he he used the the, the uh the, the R word. Oh yeah. And and he had to apologize for saying that and then he had to apologize for the apology. And every time he tried to apologize, he just kept on making it worse. Well you <laughs> know what Dana McAllister was
4: <laughs> I interviewed Dana McAllister, as one of the comedians we interviewed for the show and she had an entire R word story. She's physically handicapped, not mentally R worded, but uh it's a pretty funny anecdote. And so uh, I'm going to put them in the same category.
2: Shout out to Dana McAllister. Yeah.
1: Uh, Charlie, uh, Norm McDonald fan, you aware of him?
2: You know about him? Uh, I'm definitely aware of him. Um, just enjoyed his humor and just sad because I'm sad when any comedian dies because if we didn't have comedians, it, it, this world would suck. <laughs> yeah,
4: basically, we make the world go round. You're welcome. Yeah. All
2: right. yeah. Oh, and, no. <laughs> yes. You know, laughter is, is uh, so so much a part of the healing process. And it, laughter is good. And when we have these people who can make us laugh and they leave us, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dominic, you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Norm MacDonald and his passing?
3: Norm Macdonald was the first weekend update anchor that I watched. Like when I I guess when he started doing Weekend Update, I must have been about 15, 16 somewhere around there, and that's when I started watching Saturday Night Live. I've since of course stopped as most people do. Like you watch it for a period of time and then you end. And it was interesting because he was there one week and then he was gone the next. What? And I re- I'll never forget because they, they started having Colin Quinn do this like segment, which he ended up kind of doing again later and on uh, Comedy Central, where he, he did it for like a couple of weeks, where he was like, "You gotta read the New York Times," and all it was was him standing with like mm-hmm. a, with the New York Times on the main stage, nothing behind him, like the main stage where the where the uh, the host comes out, and he starts going through like things that's going on in the New York Times, and I'm just mm-hmm. thinking like are they, are they getting him ready to replace Norm McDonald? And then one week there, he, there was Colin Quinn and he has this whole metaphor. And he's like, you know, you go to your regular bar and you see a bartender and, and uh, you know, he knows what you like and he, and you don't even have to ask and you sit down and everything. And then there's a, suddenly there's a new bartender that comes along and this new bartender is mentored by the old bartender. And he's, you know, and he teaches you what, he teaches the new guy what he what you like and this and that and everything and then he just goes like i'm colin what are you having and like that was oh. his way of cuz literally <laughs> wow. norm mcdonald was there one week gone the next in was colin Quinn taking just over the week? weekend update but
1: well he was saying the literally transition from one of one week to, week the to another next, like, oh.
3: yeah it was just like mid season i think they they let him go and yes. then i remember watching a couple of years later when norm mcdonald <laughs> came back yeah just gone because and one of the executives thought he just wasn't funny
4: and I would just say damn he, he got a lot in one week couple,
3: <laughs> yeah right he comes yeah. back like a couple years later and he has one of the best scathing monologues of the show yes. and he's like so really it's it's, uh, it's not that I'm not funny it's just uh, the show sucks and he walks off the That's stage funny. and I remember him telling telling Howard Stern he's like uh, in my mind Howard I uh, I was just uh, going to just you know go downstairs and take a taxi and that's it. I wasn't going to come back and do the show. <laughs> I'm like yeah. could you imagine if he, that's if that was his giant like middle finger to the to Saturday night live like he just does his monologue walks off takes a taxi drives away. Like that's how edgy he was. That's, so uh, yeah.
1: That, um that's I how I never he was I never ways. knew him from Saturday night live. I my first exposure to him really? was on you, Dirty he was, Work. Was it dirt- no, 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 <laughs> uh, Dirty Dirty Work uh, actually is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. um, he, my first exposure to him was a, as a guest host, as a guest, as a guest on talk shows. So he popped up on okay. Conan O'Brien's show. So I didn't know him yeah. at all from um, Saturday Night Live Weekend Update, but I saw this really funny guy on Conan O'Brien's show, and he used to steal every scene that he was in. Any guest spot, and then there's this classic, classic, classic interview with poor, poor Courtney Thorn Smith from Melrose Place. If you go on YouTube, it is, it is it is one of the best interviews ever because he's second guest. So I mean, he was first guest, so he's sitting in the second chair. Courtney Thorn Smith comes in and she's talking to Colonel O'Brien, and Norm is just interjecting with questions and nonsense, and it's, it's just so. Embarrassing and funny at the same time because uh, Courtney Thorn Smith was promoting a movie with Carrot Top. And Carrot yes. Top, for those who uh, know, is, is, a, is a prop comic. And yeah. Conan had asked Courtney Thorn Smith, Oh, you know, you have Carrot Top. You're going to be in a Carrot Top movie. Are you going to have tons of uh, props and wacky stuff and things like that? And she goes, No, he doesn't use props in a movie. And Conan is like, Wait a minute. You have a guy known for prop comedy and you're going to take away his, his props. And, mm. and Norm says, that's and um, and he says, um, he goes, Yeah, what will the movie be called? And, and Norm says, I know what the movie's gonna be called, it's gonna be called Box Office Poison. Uh, <laughs> that's funny, and and Conan is losing it according to Smith is, you know turning red embarrassment but he just and then i oh. on going more and more and more with, with little little nods and jokes but he's just trying to be funny and i see like he's like in on it like he knows he's just trying to be funny and get a reaction and conan knows so it just makes it more hilarious so then when the the segment is yeah. wrapping up like i said this goes on for a good five minute segment but that was like one of the best jokes and then um, when he's wrapping up, Conan is wrapping up, he goes, okay, so Courtney Dawn Smith is going to, you know, he's, he uh, narrows off all the things that she's going to be in, and she says, oh, he's going to be in a new movie with the character that is unnamed. And she goes, oh, no, it has a name. And Conan mm. says, what's the name? And she says, oh, it's chairman of the board. And Conan, without missing a beat, turns to Norm, he goes, oh, try something with that. And mm. Norm says, I know it's going to be board, B-O-R-E-D.
4: Yeah! Wow, that's so great!
1: I'm like this guy is awesome. I love this guy, he's, and he, he's very, very quick-witted. <laughs> he, yeah. And then I, 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 you know, watch him more and more and more. And as the years go by, then he did dirty work, which I love that movie. And that movie has a special place in my heart because not only was it a funny movie,
4: you lost your virginity to the
1: movie? <laughs> uh, no, no. oh, oh. It, it, it's, it's close. Oh, okay. It was the last seen
3: as many dead hookers and trunks as, as that guy did? <laughs> Lord knows I have.
1: Um, <laughs> it was the last movie I saw with my mom in the theater before she had oh. died. Oh, wow! Uh, and yeah. to be with your mom watching a movie in the theater, that movie, yeah. and she was dying laughing with that movie. <laughs> and her favorite part for this movie if you've ever seen this movie, there's one scene. Where Norm gets raped in prison. Oh, my God. And she thought that was the funniest thing. Uh So she is laughing harder than anybody else in the entire movie. There's so much as drawing attention to us. Oh,
4: my God.
1: Because just the way of what happened and his reaction, she just thought that was the funniest thing. And so just at that moment with that movie, and it was so funny. And it was like uh, one of the last memories I had with her. Yeah. it was a, a true impact on my life and I've used that as like a like a like a, a um, comfort so I whenever I watch that movie or I show my friends that movie I'm like you know this this one scene my mom used to love this one scene and it's just him talking like he, he's just doing a monologue about how it was inappropriate for him to get pretty <laughs> <to> get free. <laughs>
4: that's really funny like they didn't I, show I anything
1: they didn't do anything to, he just said it and I'm like this is just so ridiculous and he mm-hmm. and I can hear I can still hear her laugh in that theater in a dark theater with all that attention on me so I'm like that's what that's what how much of a connection I had with this guy that is a really funny guy he's mm-hmm. really smart really sharp and he managed to, to create a memory that I can never you know one of the yeah. best things I
6: had And then seeing this
1: guy go and he had had a TV show called um, The Norm Show. And it was with um, Lori Metcalf and um, Nikki Cox. And I love Nikki Cox. It was hot Nikki Cox off of uh, Unhappily Ever After. Um, (laughs) And he did a a little show with that. And it was a funny show. And then it got canceled. And then he did another show called A Minute with Stan Hooper. And that show was on Fox. And it lasts like a you blink and you missed it uh, Mm -hmm. thing. But it had once again. It had one of those moments in the show. In less than a minute. Yes, it had this one moment. um, It was uh, he was he was running for uh, public office in in the in the episode, and and for some reason in that area that he was living in, the women weren't allowed to vote. So he wanted to make sure he got the women vote, but they weren't allowed to vote. So he didn't win.
4: Uh huh. that's very interesting Yeah, see i like the ridiculous aspect because i can relate to that and i love that i respect it like if you can be just totally ridiculous to me that's a sign of intelligence and i just like it it's fun
1: and as you mentioned he was really smart like if you listen to his interviews he's really smart and really his his insight is is top notch and he always uh talks about how he doesn't want to be smarter than the audience he wants the audience to be with him on the joke Hmm. and he always likes to look things from a different perspective and sometimes it's like, oh, I don't do certain types of jokes because it's too easy. Or sometimes he likes to be uncomfortable because that's what the humor is. And if you just, and if you watch him interview other people, and that was another thing that he did, he had his own talk show on YouTube for a while. He had like super long talk show and he's just talking about nonsense. And he's had like, um, he had Super Dave Oswald, which is one of my, one of the people I always wanted to interview. And he was on there and it just seemed to talk. And it's, it's just great comedy, seeing this nonsense. And then, of course, his standup was, was second to none. Uh, he had he was able to handle hecklers like no one else can. And like mm. I said, if you go on YouTube, there's tons and tons and tons of stuff of this. And he keeps on, as, as he said, as Dominic mentioned, when he came back saying out live, he had he kept on uh, failing upward. So every time he got canceled <laughs> or something, Charlie, he,
4: somebody, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> I think that Charlie's a, a squeaky chair
4: yeah yeah sorry <laughs>
1: so he kept on like he, he was on standard live then he got a that movie a, then he got... a couple times on Twitter, <laughs> Yeah. so it was like every time he was successfully failing upward so every time he got something else and then something else and then something else after every time he just get canceled for low ratings <laughs> or for i mean nobody wants to see that movie dirty work when it came out mm. um yeah. then he got a netflix show where he's interviewing people and another another funny thing and as, as i was saying he was smart he went on who wants to be a millionaire and I had a friend who worked on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire at the time. Hmm. And, he, and he met him. And he was like, he was really smart. And this was in the like early 2000s, I believe. Hmm. And he almost won the million dollars. But he decided not to because he was like 90% sure, but he didn't want to lose all the money for charity. So he hmm. purposely decided not to go for the million. but he But he was right. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
4: really interesting. Yes, very. this is all very impressive. I just got a nice little synopsis education. Thank you.
1: And of course, the the, the highlight in my mind was that he was on the cartoon Mike Tyson's Mysteries on, on oh, Cartoon wow. Network and he played the pigeon and it was what? like the ultimate version of himself. Like It was just a... a, a, a <laughs> he was a man who got turned into a pigeon by a curse and he solved mysteries with Mike Tyson who actually did the voice of Mike Tyson's Mysteries. And since Mike Tyson's, you know, a big uh, fan of pigeons, they incorporated it into the cartoon. Oh and it was God. just the most ridiculous thing. And that, that is Charlie's squeaky chair. I know that chair anywhere. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, and his, his one-liners, and he's like an alcoholic, and he's like a drug addict, and he's a uh, he's, he's like the depravity the, the, the of a character. But he's a pigeon, so it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, like if it was a person, it wouldn't be funny because it's a cartoon pigeon saying all these things about doing all these uh, inappropriate things. It's hilarious. And it's with Norm's voice on top of that. Well, I'm,
4: I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. So like, oh my God, how could I? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is like, you know, like I said, he, he affected me on, on, a, on a way that most people don't have that connection. And then the last thing I want to mention before I let you guys talk again is um, I'm, I'm 85% sure this was him. And I tried all day to find it yesterday and I couldn't find this quote. So if, I, if it's somebody else who said this quote, I apologize, but I associate the quote to what he had said. So a couple of years back, maybe like two, two or three years ago, he said that if you ever have a, a celebrity or somebody who's changed or affected your life, you should always go out and reach out to them. You should send them a letter and whatever. It's like, yes. even if they don't get it, just put it out there in the universe and they might get it. 100%. So I actually took his advice, but I didn't because I always wanted to share that story with him about my mom and how important that movie was to me. But I did take his advice and I reached out to other celebrities on Twitter, like you know Kevin Smith and what have you. And I just, I just messaged him, hey, you're awesome. I think you're awesome. And nine times out of 10, I get a, I get a like or a or thanks. So I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And I kind of regret not yeah. messaging Norm.
4: Yeah, you should regret it. <laughs> you should live the best of your life and regret.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, no. I, I regret tons of stuff. And that's just one more to the list.
4: Well, according to a lot of people, like I've had people tell me that I can channel comedians and there's a way to reach them or like they give me information. So, so if that's all true, which I'm not saying it is or it's not, well, we could just, I'll just tell them for you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. No problem. Um so you guys saw dirty work you saw um screwed did you guys I know I know Dominic has seen no dirty work <laughs>
4: Um I, I have I have some catching up to do
1: Did, did we lose Dominic? You still there? Yeah I'm here. Okay, did you see a dirty work? Uh, obviously you have. I've seen
3: bits of dirty work.
1: Oh, you like haven't seen I've the whole thing. I've seen
3: the whole thing but I've seen like enough of it that I feel like I've seen a, a good amount of it, especially the
1: Lord knows I have. Dead, the dead hooker scene, yes. The
3: dead hooker thing, and yeah. I, I my big thing that I love norm Macdonald for, like I said, was when he was on Weekend Update, and he would always, he's like he'd have a go to punchline every once in a while. Frank where Stallone. Just dip <laughs> hand and go like you guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh, Jay Simpson. Say, yeah.
1: If, if you if you uh, once again if you go on YouTube tons of his uh, uh things are on there from the weekend update and I I've, I've seen them afterwards so yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Charlie, you've been kind of quiet.
3: Really? You, know who, you know who gave Norm McDonald cancer? You guessed it. Frank Price
6: Stallone. You mm-hmm. do not believe no. that
3: Frank Stallone gave Norm McDonald cancer by the way. <laughs> just um, just tributing Norm McDonald's
1: point. I do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Charlie, you have any uh, thoughts or, or, or things you want to share? No,
2: I, just, I was just thinking uh, how disappointed you were that you never got that letter to Norm. But I'm yeah. sure your mom and Norm are talking right now, and she's telling me how hysterical she was <laughs> and how you loved that movie. So I think it all uh, balances out. Well, so- I'm not
4: sure right now, but... I think it's a nice thought, and I think it's very possible well, that they're well, talking. Well, you should but be very sure. busy, So you should I don't be sure know. I think down he's down very God. busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as God, yes, as God in this meeting, I'm not so sure they're talking right now. But I do think that's a very probable thing to happen for sure.
1: So one of the things well, I want to mention quickly is that we're probably gonna play like a clip of his famous moth joke in in the show after this. So I just want to let you guys know that we're gonna play that and then we'll take our break. So we have about like two minutes before uh, we're done with the news segment. So uh, I guess, Charlie, you want to do a final thought? Oh, uh, one yeah, last just... thing. One last thing. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, he was 61. I want to mention yes. that. He was 61 years old. So Senior Correspondent Charles Saladin, do you have a, a final thought for us?
2: Uh, yeah, just be nice to everybody. Don't hate anybody. And let's just all get along.
1: Easier said than done. Dominic, a final thought for the news segment? Uh, Frank Stallone. <laughs> mm. jenny feldy final thought
4: um i listened to a norm interview today and he mentioned having laughing fits that somehow it's so intense to get the panic attack the laughing fit is so intense that it will switch into uh you know not a panic attack i think it's an anxiety attack but it's uncontrollable yes. and it can get out of control and that used to happen very similar to me and my best friend oh. in fifth grade Larry stromberg Yes. And we would have to leave the room. Our teacher, Mr. Kramer, she's probably told us to leave the room 10 to 20 times. We would just look at each other. We get in these fits and it was so out of control. We couldn't, we couldn't stop laughing. We'd have to leave the room. And that's one of the most exciting, fun, beautiful feelings in the entire world. So my theory is that we had this energy that my friend and I had in fifth grade. And when you have this joy, people just, they want to be around it. So he had that, you know, and most people lose it after like fifth grade, you know, like myself, but it's coming back.
1: So my final thought is this, um, it is a, to me, it is my Chadwick Boseman because he had cancer. He didn't tell anybody he suffered it in private and then he just died. So I want you guys to associate like when everybody was really banged up about Chadwick Boseman, which I was also, but this one hit home for me. Um, so like I said, we're going to play a clip of this famous Martha joke. Um, it, it's, it's, It's it's from um, when he was on uh, Conan Bryan's show and he just told a joke about a moth. And uh, I might even actually play another clip about what his thoughts on uh, cancer and death is. So we're gonna play the clip.
7: A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office, You are correct. (laughs) A moth goes into a podiatrist's office Mm -hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night, I, I sometimes wake up and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm, a lady that I once loved, Doc. I, I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria, <laughs> she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm-hmm. The cold took her down, as it did many of us. <laughs> and my other boy... <laughs> and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregario <laughs> Ivinolitovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I... that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. <laughs> if only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... <laughs> perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. <laughs> and in this hellish facade... Once How long for all, a drive
6: was this? <laughs>
7: you live in the valley where do you live please sorry he says doc <laughs> sometimes i feel like a spider even though i'm a moth just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me i'm not feeling good and so the mos- the, the doctor says moth man you're troubled But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here?" And then the ma said, "'Cause the light was on."
1: (laughs) My congratulations to
8: anyone
7: who stuck it through to the end. Colin Quinn told me that joke, and he said, you know, have you ever heard of the moth joke, meaning it was a famous joke. And I said, no. And he said, a moth goes into a podiatrist's office, and he says, I have terrible problems, doctor, and uh, uh, I think I'm going mad. And the, the, the podiatrist goes, oh, well, that's too bad, moth, but why come to me? I'm a podiatrist. You should be going to see a psychiatrist. Why did you come to my office? And the moth says, uh, because the light was on. <laughs> so that's a good joke. Yes. But that's not your joke. That's not my joke. So no. I so I was on the Conan O'Brien show, and I was going to do one segment. And at the end of the segment, uh, he said, we'll be right back with Norm, more Norm. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <And> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought a, a guy was going to show new Christmas toys. <laughs> so I said... Uh, I said I don't got nothing to say. <laughs> and then I remember that Colin Quinn. He said, "Just talk." So I remember that Colin Quinn joke, and I, you know, which is about was about a 20-second joke, you know. I so said, "I said, how long is this segment?" Hoping he'd say 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "About seven minutes," you know. <laughs> so I made the joke seven minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle Bert, he's my great uncle, but we call him Uncle Bert. He got bowel cancer now. He's, uh, he's dying of it, you know. And, uh, or like uh, some people like to say, now they, see in the old days, a man could just get sick and die, you know. Now, they have to wage a battle. <laughs> so, so my Uncle Bert is waging a, a courageous battle which I've seen, because I go and visit him, and this is the battle. He's lying in a hospital bed, with a thing in his arm, watching Matlock on the TV. <laughs>
6: Instead
7: of that battle, I, I got him the box set of Matlock. And... But it's not his fault, what the f is supposed to do? I, go, oh, I gotcha. It's just a black thing in his bowel. And the reason I don't like it is because in the old days they go, hey, that old man died. Now, they go, hey, he, he lost his battle. That's no way to end your life, you know. What a loser that guy was. Last thing he did was lose. He was waging a brave battle, but at the end I guess he got kind of cowardly, was what happened. And then the bowel cancer—it got brave. You got to give it to the bowel cancer. You know they were in a battle, and then. What? The and I'm pretty sure—I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me, is not a loss. That's a draw. That's a—you know what I mean? It's not like but. the cancer's going to jump up, and go ah uncle bert's wife where is he i won fair and square this is where he works hi name's cancer how are you where do i you just throw me to my cubicle bowel first name is bowel
1: and with that we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio
4: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at, MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com.
9: This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, Get ready for the X-Men events, Inferno and the Trial of Magneto. And the new series, I Am Batman from DC Comics. And from the mind of writer Jeff Lemire, Primordial from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8. Thursday from 2 to 7. Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Looking at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe sword of omens come to my hand i lion o command it hi everybody this is larry kenny the voice of lion o on thundercats and you're listening to it came from the radio my neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio sci-fi for my wi-fi the more i listen the more i learn
4: now back to our show
6: Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the movie, The Social Network.
5: Oh, another Netflix special.
6: Yeah.
5: <laughs> right? That's where you found it? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, tell me about the Facebook phenomenon of The Social Network. What'd you think?
6: Uh, well, I loved it. <laughs> 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 I consider it, like, uh, I just... I don't know There were certain scenes That I just like Fell in love with immediately Um, I feel like Mark uh, Oh
9: my god Mark Zuckerberg
6: Yeah I like forgot his name For a second Right Uh, Mark Zuckerberg um, His actor Portrayed him Like Yeah So What
5: was that guy's name? Oh my gosh I forgot um, Jesse Eisenberg
6: Yeah he Like nailed well, Mark Zuckerberg a, he, he nailed it so well
5: Really? You really <laughs> yeah. feel like he nailed it? I,
6: I really I like Well I mean I love the movie So Okay
5: Alright <laughs> I'd I say it.
6: all the characters I mean but
5: Well his acting Is so awkward anyway Like I find him an awkward Kind of actor So like everything he does you, You're not sure Like what the deal is with him But I do yeah. think This role was good for him Um You liked uh, Andrew Garfield who, Yeah Right? Yeah Didn't you like Record one yeah, part Yeah I
6: recorded the uh, part where I guess Andrew Garfield He um, said he was gonna like sue Sue Mark Mark and like come after the whole company It was just Like Justin Timberlake's it <laughs> It's yeah. all just like The casting was really good, and to just
5: you like the dialogue, I think, right? I
6: like the dialogue a lot, and
5: the music obviously kept you intense, kept it intense, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty funny. Okay, all right, that's good. Um, Let's see, Justin Timberlake, like you said, was in it. He plays uh, the Napster guy. Oh my gosh! I totally forgot his name at the moment, but yeah. So he plays Napster, right? The mm-hmm. Napster guy, and he made like. Did you know about this guy before? I
6: absolutely no. Like, I didn't. I knew about Mark Zuckerberg. I didn't. I didn't even know that there was a co-founder. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it was it was completely new, but it was very. So it's crazy. I it, think
5: the. Right so like when we go back to the Napster part of it I just wanted to say that like this guy created a social system where you could just download music for free everywhere oh. all different versions of stuff it was highly illegal because he was taking basically money out of everybody who created the music out of their yeah. mouths right so eventually Metallica sued this guy Oh yeah, did you know about no, this? No, I had no idea. So Metallica sues him because sues him because he want they want their money and they're like, "What's yeah. going on here? This is our our music, and you're profiting off our yeah. music." So it turned into like a whole thing, and eventually, I think he lost, but he still made millions and millions of dollars. And you know, that was his first venture, really, into like the social world or the networking yeah. world, right? And, I mean, we had gotten so much music from Napster in general, you know, back Mm -hmm. in the day. Um, And you would find versions of music that you would never even think existed, you know. Think about, like, your Mm -hmm. one song that you would like. You would have five or six different versions of it out there. You'd have the concert version. You'd have somebody doing a rendition of it. You know, whatever music you were doing, you know, so. yeah. And, alright, so back to the movie You have the Winkle Winklevoss brothers, right? The two yeah. guys That was one guy playing both
6: That was one person playing, oh <laughs>
5: <laughs> Right, because they took money from Well, They
6: assumed uh, Mark
5: Right, and he got kind of ripped off, right? Yeah,
6: Yeah, but, I mean
5: So how do you feel about the whole thing in the first place? So the movie was great You, mm-hmm. you liked it a lot Um... What did you learn out of it? Anything? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um. That you could steal other people's work and get away with it?
6: Uh, Only if you're rich. It wasn't rich <laughs> at <laughs> the time. You get rich off of it, I mean. Yeah. Um, but...
5: I mean, he that changed I, the face of the world. Facebook changed the face of the world. Yeah. No doubt about it.
6: I just... I can't believe how Mark was still just such a brat... It, like, yeah. After,
5: I mean, they do say he exaggerated a little bit with the acting, oh. but you know, then again, who knows, right? I don't know what the real guy's like. You yeah. don't know. So,
6: um, I'm very curious. Like at the end, um, Mark and Andrew Garfield, Garfield uh, they made a deal of like the lawsuit and whatever. I didn't. I never figured out what that was.
5: Oh, how much he made? Yeah,
6: because they didn't say it in the movie, and I'm sort of like...
5: I think you have to look it up, but he's definitely, like, in that $100 million mark, I think. All
6: right, he, that's you good. <laughs> know,
5: I think he, yeah, he did well, well it's for like, himself. At least did
6: he get, like, part of the company back?
5: I don't think he got the company back. He might get a percentage yeah. back, but or he was bought out. I don't remember, but he did make a lot of money off it. You know, yeah. um...
6: I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> glad it worked Somewhere out. Sort
5: <laughs> of. Yeah, for him it did. I thought it was yeah. a great movie also. I really liked it. Um, I would definitely put it up there as one of the better films these days, you know, for yeah. sure. But anyway, it, it was definitely it very interesting. <laughs> yeah, top three, and it's great to watch. All right.
6: Mm-hmm. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected hello radio listeners what
4: are you thinking we want to hear from you what's working for you what things would you like to hear more about write us your thoughts
1: or you can buy us a pizza just go to our website radio.com and click on the buy us a pizza link leave your comment there and we'll read them
4: on video
2: now back to our show oh. okay Hey, this is Charlie Saladino and Jenny Feldy from It Came From the Radio. We are here at the legendary art show, and we're here with the showrunner and our favorite artist, Phil Resert. So we're going to interview Phil right now. Phil, how you doing?
10: Good, thanks. How
2: are you? A little slice of heaven. So what we're going to do now at, at this show
10: is we're going to talk to you about your comic book. Awesome, thank you. It's called tragedy.
4: But it's not a tragedy.
10: (laughs) No, the rest of my life is. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So tragedy is basically a tale of a reluctant assassin, an Irish female assassin in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, she was a ballerina who has been thrust into a world that she doesn't want. And uh, besides struggling with rival mafia and metahumans, she struggles with her inner demons of living a life that she just doesn't want, and she doesn't know how to get the life that she wants. Okay, just right off
2: the cuff, Bill. Um, How did this come to you, who's just sitting down and decided, yeah, this is what I'm going to write about? Uh,
10: Well, it was a combination of things. Uh, I like human stories, and I know so many people that are just not content with where their life is, and they they want a better life. They want something else, and they're working so hard, like all these artists, to try to get that life. And sometimes it gets frustrating, and it's a struggle, like, am I ever going to get there? I mean, how do I get there? Is it worth getting there? Uh, and also uh, looking at my wife, who is a very brilliant, beautiful, intelligent woman, I look at no everyone I 've ever met does not realize how strong they are, how powerful they are, how intelligent they are, how beautiful they are. Okay. And I like to and I have two little girls. So I've always been fascinated by that. And so I kind of delve into that, too. She's a hero that is very human. She gets into these, these fights and these situations that are real, and she doesn't just go home and have cake, you know? She sits down and has a moment of a breakdown in the shower. But her strength is that she gets up and do- does what she has to do the next day anyway, which is what we all face. How many days have we gotten up and not wanted to face the day, whether it was work or our relationship or whatever? And, you know, you might deem that as weakness that you feel tired and you don't want to get up. But the truth is it's true strength because you still get up and do what you have to do when you don't want to.
4: And you can learn a lot from ballerinas and the mafia because, well, me, I was never a full ballerina, but as a trainer, I do live my life very similarly to a ballerina in some sense. My mother was a ballerina, and mafia involvement—we won't talk about that—but I can relate to a lot of this very strongly. Uh, and, and yes, I, you know, when I come home, being up with my health plan, I don't come home and eat cake. I reflect on things, and maybe you have a cry, and then you work it out. You go training, and you work on your body and your mind. And the, the ballerina thing actually is. Is, um, it, it, it's a lot. Of, there's a lot involved in that, and I think that's actually a great role model for young girls, older girls, even men, because there's a lot of discipline.
10: And, sorry, and that's the thing. I, I wanted a book. Uh, all I want out of this book is if a 16, 17-year-old girl comes up to me and says, this resonated with me, it, it helped me because it helped me with when I felt weak or I felt bad about myself thinking I need to be stronger and I recognize that there is strength in what I'm doing because it's like they say, bra- bravery is not the absence of, of, of fear, right? It's being scared and doing it anyway. Well, it's the same thing here. Strength is not the ha- having those moments of, of weakness, it's that you have those moments of weakness and you still get up and do what you got to do anyway. So if I can resonate with a female character, a female, you know, young 17, 18-year-old people that are coming into the world and they're just trying to discover themselves and it can be pretty hard you know if i can resonate with them and they can get the message that they are strong they are worth it and powerful i think it's a wonderful thing
4: and i like has that bruce lee energy and the most most flexible man in the room is the strongest man in the room and that's ballerina-esque so i love the athleticism because whatever you do to the body you do to the brain if your body is not flexible then you're not mentally not going to be able to shift in an ever-changing world which we live in right now so this has a lot of meaning i'm pretty sold
10: It's also, um, I'm not a big fan of the way her comics are written today. Uh, So it's just a story with a human element. Uh, I don't put in any other agendas or, or, you know, you're not, I'm not preaching to anyone. But there's some great action pieces in this, like eight page fight scenes, because I think comics have gotten away from that and become soap operas. Um, And again, with her ballerina background, she's supposed to be very elegant, very graceful in her fighting. She's very skilled. And the point is that she doesn't always realize how skilled she is, but she is. And um, there's also an adversary in the book called the Breath of the Dragon. And I can't explain why, but he's unbeatable. (laughs) And um, a hero is only a hero if they're tested. And that's why things like He-Man and stuff, as much as I love those properties, Skeletor is always running away with his tail between his legs. So you don't feel like He-Man ever suffered or sacrificed or had to overcome. I mean, isn't that why we love Empire Strikes Back? The bad guys won. Well, the bad guys win in my book a lot of times. Yeah.
2: So... We're gonna we're gonna touch on this book. We're gonna get back to it and tell people where you where you can get that and where they can get in touch with you. But I want to ask you um, about you are the showrunner yes. of uh, the legendary art show here, and I want I want you to tell uh, so, uh, tell everybody what what's that about. We we happen to think you're one of uh, the best showrunners because of your ideas and views about how how things should be run. So you know tell us a little bit about your show and how you run it
10: well first of all you've always been a very kind supporter with your words and your deeds so thanks to you Charlie I really appreciate it um this is not knocking pop culture shows by any means because I enjoy them but as an avid comic fan uh, having a rough child of my own comics helped me I even think they kind of taught me right from wrong because back then comics did differentiate um So, to me, the celebrities of a show shouldn't be uh, TV stars. To me, it's the creators of comics. It's the artists. It's the writers. It's people like Keith Williams and Scott Hanna. But it's also local people like Brendan Shaw and Sean Sean Carlson, you know, and Steph Wilson and Mato Zapata that they're trying to get that life they want. They, They work hard at being artists. They work hard at marketing themselves. And they deserve to shine. So that's my show.
4: Well said. Thanks for having us. On to the next one, and back to it came from the radio.
2: Hey, but before we go back, <laughs> uh, before we go back, we want to tell people where Phil could be reached, where Tragedy could be seen, and all that good stuff. Well,
10: right now, right now, Tragedy's on Indiegogo, uh, and you can just find the Tragedy campaign. Uh, please support and pledge. Uh, anytime you support and pledge the book, you're also employing artists, editors, writers, colorists, inkers um after that it will be for sale on my website for my also art repping which is www.blegendaryillustrations.com. you can find me on facebook under philip russert you can also find my creator con page uh and we're on instagram and we're on uh facebook and we do have a tragedy the comic on instagram and uh we'll be working on that on facebook
2: Beautiful. Phil, as always, thank you so much. Thanks for your hospitality and letting us come here and uh, cover this. And now, Jen,
9: you can go.
4: (laughs) Now, back to more. It came from the radio.
9: comic book depot has been in business since 1993 your one-stop comic book shop for comics gaming and collectibles the comic book depot club membership is 15 dollars and gets you 15 percent off new comics back issues graphic novels and 10 percent off comic book supplies it's located at 2847 jerusalem avenue in wanton new york contact us on facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back for more information give alan a call at 516-221-9337 the comic book depot
0: This is Carrie Stellar from In the Girls' Corner, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio.
9: Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not true, believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards.
2: Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio with... Godzilla, a.k.a. Jenny Feldy, <laughs> And we're here with Evil Kip and J.J. Hewer. That is correct. Did I do that right? That is correct. Wow. How are you guys today?
8: Today's been a great day. How about you?
2: None of your
0: business.
8: Why are you an old miser today? Shut up. Oh.
0: That's why he's Evil Kip. Guys, Evil Kip, it's Evil Kip. All right, Evil Kip.
4: And he has a show coming up September 12th. And where is this?
0: Hicksville, New York, Creative Pro Wrestling. Spoiler alert, I'm winning my match.
8: Just show up and boo him. I don't know why he's here right now.
0: Hey, let me me spell hewer for you. F-U-C-K-E-R. How did you get so evil? In your business. I was
8: born this way. Wow. Hold on. First of all, I remember you with glasses. Did someone oh. knock them off? I think
4: it is my business because we're doing a radio show interview, so why would you come on the interview if you're not going to tell us any information about yourself?
0: I want a better interviewer. That's the first oh. que- that's the first oh. request I have.
4: Well, uh, well, at your level, you're probably not going to get much better than this kid, uh, so you better be thankful for what you have, okay?
0: Yeah. You're already a liar. You called yourself Godzilla. You're not spitting any fire. You're just an embarrassment. I
4: spit on fire all the time. I spit on fire. Your yeah. interview is going to be over. It's like your career.
0: But, but your skin is very scaly so I do see the Godzilla comparison That's
4: because I'm like a fish
2: me and Jay just watching
0: Go.
8: it's like a tennis match back and forth left and right and left and right oh this is the radio we got to be more descriptive right right, All right this this
2: evilness is to be continued but first tell us about the books
8: uh, which book would you like to hear about? Would you like to start with "Always Punch Nazis"? Yes. All right. So, "Always Punch Nazis" came out right after the events of Charlottesville. Uh, Pilot Studios was looking at um, people with pitchforks and, and torches marching the streets and said, "We have to do something." So we pushed out a book called "Always Punch Nazis," which is an anti-racism anthology. Um, this book launched on Kickstarter with a goal just to get it seen by people. I think the original goal was $100, and we met that within 20 minutes of launching. If that. Um, What happened after that is the real story, because after that, a group of individuals who were offended by the title, Always Punch Nazis, decided to start emailing and attacking Kickstarter based on this campaign. Uh, What I learned a year later was that the campaign was actually taken down by Kickstarter management. So management took it down and then... Um, I'm getting emails saying, "Can you change this to the campaign? Can you change this?" And I'm doing what I needed to do, um, and Ben Ferrari and I are discussing, like, trying to figure out what's going on. A year later, we learned that the employees were fighting management. So management wanted to take it down, and the employees are like, "No, we're not caving to to this hate group that's that's emailing seriously." Uh, and then I started seeing news articles pop up on my feed about Kickstarter United. Uh, it turns out Always Punch Nazis was the catalyst to Kickstarter forming the first ever technology union, which is now Kickstarter United. You can hear about that on their podcast, which is um, the oral history of Kickstarter United.
4: Making history.
8: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've said it all day. If I, if I do this for 20 more years, I'll probably never have a book We're has- here with
4: an important figure in history, which I've been called by psychics. Uh, also, there's another one right here. Jay.
8: <laughs> I don't think I'm that important I think it was more the collective I mean really this doesn't happen without pilot studios and they, there's a whole team of people in that book that that did more than I did I just put it on Kickstarter <laughs> and
4: always punch Nazis you would think it's a positive book so why would people get their panties
8: in a twist uh, they identified with the word Nazi yeah
4: I, I have a Nazi joke in my comedy set people get very upset at governors yeah they would if someone told a comedian not in the audience not to laugh at my jokes and he, said, he laughed harder, and they said, I guess she has a fan. <laughs> and I, it wasn't pro-Nazi. Maybe a little. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't.
8: <laughs> was it Evil Kip?
4: No. <laughs> oh,
8: okay. Have you seen her comedy?
0: I have not no. seen her comedy. I have better things to do with my time. But, wow. you know, your title always punched Nazis. Evil Kip will punch yes. anybody, Nazi or whoever. And let me just clarify something. Jay is not important.
8: I never said I was. Why do you got to be like that, man?
4: Hater, hater, theme of twenty-one. Hater, hater, juice.
8: <laughs> oh, so the new book at the table. We're not on a video. I'm going to pick up the book and show. Hey yeah.
2: Jay, tell us about the new book
8: on the oh, table. Oh, Would you pictures. like to see the new book at the table?
4: Well, pictures on the website.
8: So the new, the new book is called Dracula Angela. Um, it was uh, from the brain of Mark Compton and Marcus Publishing. Uh, he showed me some images of a character and asked me if I'd be interested in writing. Uh, so Dracula Angela is an angel who is torn between light and dark, and in her book she's fighting a technological abomination who has some mysterious ties to her past. Um, Book one launched on Kickstarter again uh, to overwhelming success. Uh, Book two should be launching on Kickstarter probably in the next two, three months. Uh, We're building it right now. It's done, it just has to be lettered and uh, ready to go. Uh, Cover artist galore, it's a gorgeous book. Uh, The cover I have in my hands done by the artist Cotney the interior artist is carlos rod silva uh i wish i was the guy finding these artists but that's all mark compton i mean this really is his brainchild i just helped bring it to life um yeah it's it's one of my favorite books at this table right now
4: who's the inspiration for this pretty lady on the cover who is who is this based off of
8: this is again mark had this idea in his head and he had the artwork when he showed it to me so he had brought in various concept artists and really going back and forth to his satisfaction i can't take any credit for dracula angela as she's designed or her foe uh, artemis which is the cyborg robot who is bonded to these robot parts by this alien invader called the biomex very 2021 aliens um, what's cool about the biomass is that they come in and they take over Earth. And really what's happening 2021, um, because they're mining for this ore, they're actually heating up the Earth. So in this entire book, like this book takes place probably 200 years in the future from now, the Earth is just overheating beyond what we're at today. So,
4: Al Gore. Shout out to Al Gore. Global warming.
8: Oh, I saw that too. Um, so that's Dracula Angela. I mean, to me, it's like... Gorgeous art. I, I love that book. Zion Wars is here. I know the last time we talked, uh, that was launching on Kickstarter. That's our Avengers-style book with the Pilot Studios characters. Um, what else you got?
0: Well, I didn't pay attention to any of that, but I have dated a Dracula Angela once, and i got to say, it drained my soul, that experience. So I assume the book is just about slowly losing your life force.
4: Well, like attracts like, so you probably brought that into your life with your vibes.
0: That is not true. I give very positive vibes. It's just that everyone's below my level, and they can't understand the comprehension of how great I am.
2: So, the old clock on the wall tells me it's time to get all your social media and find That's out where... With
4: the Al Gore algorithm.
2: <laughs> and, uh, guys, your social media. Kip, where can they get in touch with you? At Francis Kip,
0: S-T-V-N-S on Twitter and Instagram. Francis Kip Stevens on Facebook.
8: Jay. Jay Hewer. Uh, on Facebook, Jay Hewer on Instagram, hewer 14 on Twitter. And I have a newsletter, so if you hit me up on any of those things, that's how you're going to get the real information. Uh, lots of secrets go out in the newsletter.
2: Beautiful. Guys, we had a lot of fun doing this. Thank you so much. This is Charlie Saladino in.
4: Godzilla and cheers to secrets. And now, and for more, it's back to the radio.
2: Thank you. That was
4: great. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items, private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Hi, this is Amy joe Johnson, writer director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio.
9: If you had any honor, you would listen to sci fi.radio, the sci fi for your Wi Fi. Now,
1: back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. Go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives. We'll be up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter.
4: And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or
3: just Google It Came From the Radio.
1: And we'll see you next week.
0: You